All right, welcome in Thursday, Locked On Syracuse podcast, continuing our exit interview series where we dive into a specific player that is coming back next year, discuss what we are expecting from them next year, what they need to improve on and review their season. And today it is Benny Williams, so certainly a big one for next season and a lot to discuss on the pod today. You are Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you for making Lockdown Syracuse your first listen each and every weekday. We're here with you guys even throughout the offseason. Lots of recruiting news, lots of different stuff to recap the season that we have planned for you guys. So subscribe to the show if you haven't already, wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. Also follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Syracuse. Tim Leonard, Tyler Rocky, and today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet where the game starts. And we're recording. Many of you might be thinking about the NCAA tournament. One of the happiest days of the year, right? I know it's St. Patrick's oh, yeah. Day for some, but it is NCAA tournament. I mean, day. yeah, it's St. Patrick's Day. It's just extra excuse to start drinking before 10 a.m. Like, right. that's what it is. Yeah, and maybe if you're into betting on the tournament and you want to make that part of your tournament experience this year with no cues, go over to Bet Online because they'll have you covered. But let's dive into Benny Williams. I have a feeling this could be a 45 to an hour long podcast yeah. if we wanted it to be. We'll, we'll try and keep it tight, but lots to discuss because I think when you get into how does Syracuse make the next year. You can't have that conversation without talking about Benny Williams. Let's start with what he did in this past season, which just looking at the raw numbers is nothing special. We know that 1.9 points per game, 1.4 rebounds per game, 0.2 assists. If you want to go down that as well, 10.8 minutes per game. He was a freshman that like a lot of other freshmen came in and wasn't quite ready and never really blossomed into the role that we expected him to. He scored 14 points in the Duke game, and then he got injured and he missed whatever it was, four or five games to end the season. His shooting splits, 34% from two-point range, 9% from three, one for 11 total, 62% from the line, 13 for 21 total from the free throw line. But I I think we're both pretty optimistic that he is going to be a key part of next year's roster. He's going to be a starter, and those numbers are going to be an afterthought by the end of next season. And we'll be talking about a much different player. Hopefully. I I think we have to open this conversation with one thing too. He's coming back, right? Both you and I feel pretty confident. I think midway through the season, we maybe didn't feel as good about it, but he has doubled down, tripled down, quadrupled down, quintupled down on every opportunity he's had. And I think another encouraging sign too is when Judah Mintz came to visit Syracuse, Benny was sort of his guide. And I think that's a a good sign to know that he'll be coming back and he'll be a part of this for the next season. I think he's someone that is certainly in that candidate, not just from a local standpoint, a Syracuse standpoint to take a big leap next year, but even from a national perspective too. I wouldn't be surprised if you start hearing his name as one of the big leapers or the John Rothstein well-embedded moles in central New York are saying yeah, this, that, right. and the other about Benny Williams. It wouldn't surprise me. But getting back to what he was this season, the minutes were not plentiful and deservedly so. I think 
Boeheim played him the proper amount of minutes this season. I think at a certain point, could we have maybe seen a little bit more? Yeah, but then you got to remember that Syracuse went on a little bit of a run that tried to revive the season there. And then it's unfortunate that he didn't get a taste of the ACC tournament because I think that would have been a really nice growing up moment for him so that next year isn't his first ACC tournament moment. But overall, I think the way that you evaluate Benny's season this year if from an optimistic standpoint is the moments like he had moments where you're like, yep, that'll play. That's like, he has some of those weak side blocks where he swatted that thing 10 rows deep. He had some of those spin moves in the lane and then some of those dunks that he had as well. And then of course it all culminates in the Duke game where he is hyper efficient. He has the acrobatic layup to get things going. And then everything after that was sort of gravy. Yeah, and on the note of if he's coming back, he wasn't at the ACC tournament as well. We never really discussed this because I think you and I both agree it's not much of a talking point that he wasn't there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do wonder, does that mean the injury was maybe more serious than we thought initially? Does that mean he was getting a surgery? I mean, we have no idea. I I, I don't know anything, but it feels like sometimes these surgeries are sort of a surprise to us. I think a Quincy Garrier after his freshman year, it came out mm-hmm. right before the start of his sophomore year. Oh, by the way, like I had surgery over the off scene. You're like, Oh, okay. <laughs> like yeah. I didn't know it was that bad, but it, it happens from time to time. And I wonder, does that mean anything about his injury? Maybe being a little bit worse than it was. Although Beheim was pretty forthright initially and said i think it would have been like four weeks and it's nothing too serious so i'm not overly concerned i think it's the type of injury that once it happened he maybe could have come back if they were in an ncaa tournament run or something but they knew that wasn't the case so they just shut him down and it ruled out any idea of him playing down the road because it just wasn't worth it i would say on the note of him not showing up i think that is more of it wasn't an injury that was suitable for flying. And that can be a number of things. Like a concussion is something you shouldn't be flying when that happens. Right. And I, I'm not here saying it was a concussion. I think it was obviously more severe than that, but I think it could have been something. Maybe is it a leg something where you don't want to have them. I think they announced it was lower body, right? I'll go back. Okay. You're talking what the, yeah, but like, I would just guess it's something that's more, all right, he's probably better off not flying. He's better off not sitting on the bench that close to the action. We don't want to aggravate this anymore. We don't want him sprawled out the way that he, he's better off being on his own and and being attended to medically outside of the facility, outside of the, the team plane and something like that. I, I'm not as worried about his absence on the bench being some sort of sign for his future at Syracuse. And also, let's be honest, if he was leaving, we'd probably know by now. Yeah, because he'd want to just get right out there. And also, you brought up the Judah Mintz conversation or how Judah Mintz said that he was one of his guys that was helping him along that process. There was also an interesting point, and just looking at the tweet now, freshman forward Benny Williams will miss the remainder of the season with a lower body injury. So, yeah, it was right. lower body, what that means, knee, leg, who knows, but uh that kind of rolls out i feel like the idea of like a concussion like it was right no i I wasn't saying uh yeah i wasn't saying it was a concussion it was more of like i was different injuries can mean different things right yeah yeah Mm -hmm. yeah i i get that um but yeah i I think on the note of the judah mince conversation judah even had some quotes where he said 
Benny spoke really highly of the program and highly of how much he's grown this year. And I think Judah Mintz paraphrased. He has played a lot. Yeah. He yeah. even said that. Yeah. Yeah. He was like, which means a lot because things haven't exactly gone according to plan. So for mm-hmm. someone that wasn't in the best situation to still be speaking highly was a good sign in Judah Mintz's eyes and the quote that he gave. But you don't give those type of quotes. You don't say the things he said. You would already have made your decision. I am almost at the point where I would be willing to go out on a ledge and say it's pretty much definite. You can't do that nowadays, but I feel like we can rest easy that Benny Williams is probably playing for Syracuse next year. Yeah, I'm 100% with you here. I I think there's pretty much no doubt in my mind. At this point, it would be unbelievably shocking if he were to depart, and I think we're both in agreement on that. As for can he make a sophomore leap next season, we'll dive into that. Some interesting numbers on the likelihood of it happening. Try to do some research on that. Recent Syracuse guys and kind of compare and contrast how their freshman seasons went. But I know everyone loves March Madness. I love making brackets as well. I also cannot remember the last time I actually went deep or even won any money in March Madness. So this year I'm hedging my bets with Stat Heroes NCAA Pick'em contest. Stat Heroes NCAA single game pick'ems pits the star players against each other in an amazing hybrid between fantasy and sports gambling. Take control back from those handicappers that always seem to have the advantage. Start focusing on the players you know best with a gameplay that doesn't rely on big spreads, long odds, or funky props. In addition to their pick'em games, they also have dozens of lineups you can comb through to take on head to head. They simply post sets of players for you to take on with a set of players. You choose. Stat Hero is the easiest and fastest way to get your sports action fix. The simple, sleek gameplay will have you playing in minutes. This is what daily fantasy was meant to be. Sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash locked on. Use promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. That's stathero.com slash locked on. Use promo code locked on for a 100% match. Stathero.com slash locked on. Promo code locked on. Terms and conditions apply. So the sophomore leap discussion, it feels like this is the next big question for him. Looking back at some recent Syracuse players, and we've talked about this a lot, but this is when guys make leaps, freshman to sophomore year. I think about nationally this year, Johnny Davis, but even, I mean, just think about through the big 10. Yeah. (laughs) Keegan Murray, um, some good sophomore leaps that I think about just in my time watching college basketball. Russell Westbrook won from a while ago, but he had like three points per game at UCLA as a freshman, becomes an all-conference player, I think was a part of the Final Four team, if I'm not mistaken, when he was a sophomore. Jordan Wara went back and looked at him, five points per game, up to 17 as a sophomore. Even recent memory, Grayson Allen averaged nine minutes per game. I know that's kind of a a controversial name, but he went from nine minutes per game to 21 points per game and a wooden finalist. Devin Vassell was four points per game at Florida State. And there's a lot of guys at Florida State that grow a lot. But all of a sudden, in his second year, he was an all-ACC second-teamer. So it happens. I will say, Benny, his stats are not especially bad. I don't want to say that. But it feels like there's an even bigger leap to make because efficiency-wise, it's not like he just didn't play and he was playing behind guys that were better than him. He had a, a path to play. He just never really excelled enough while he was yeah. out there to earn more minutes. And obviously, Jimmy Beheim was probably going to be the starter, and 
you could get into a conversation of, well, if he had 20 minutes guaranteed, he would have played better. And that's the case for him. But, you know, I pulled up the stats of Michael Carter Williams and tweeted that out. And they are very similar. And MCW went from 10 minutes per game, two points per game to 12 points per game. And he also had seven assists and they're different players. Someone pointed that out in the replies. And I agree. And the other thing they pointed out and I agree with is Michael Carter Williams was playing pretty well when he was out there as a freshman. He was just behind really good guys. Benny's slightly different in the sense that he just didn't really play that good, even when he was out there as a freshman. And that's the disappointing part of what went down, because I think there were minutes to be had. I think you and I would agree with that, whether it was especially because I think he was actually solid defensively this season for Syracuse. I think once he sort of picked up on the zone and kind of had his bearings down, I thought he he made some really nice plays. And in terms of Syracuse potentially moving to some man-to-man next season, Benny's certainly someone that you feel confident in in that regard. But I think another example, too, for a sophomore leap, I look at someone like Quincy Garrier, who's more of a similar position, more of a similar playing style as Benny. And yeah, his freshman season was a lot different than what Benny's was. He averaged almost double the minutes that Benny did. Um, and just his counting statistics were significantly better. He had about, he averaged about seven and five as a, as a freshman. Um, but here's one thing that I'd be curious to see because Benny Williams, it looked like he had sort of a broken shot throughout the season and Quincy's shot wasn't all that when he was a freshman. And I'd be one, I'd be curious to see how Benny's shot improves because Quincy went from being a 12% three point shooter to a 31% three point shooter. And if Benny can somehow elevate himself into a 31, 32% three point shooter, you're feeling a lot better about him making some sort of sophomore leap. And his minutes are obviously going to go up. I think that is a given at this point, whether or not Cole Swider returns, I think you're going to see a lot more Benny Williams, but I'm excited. I I really think it's sort of there and just look at some of the development that we've seen out of some Syracuse players as of late too. Like Quincy's a great example of it, but even this season, Jesse, Jesse, tremendously Samir over the course of the season, tremendously, even buddy Bayheim. I mean, People don't like to talk about it, but that was a big leap that Buddy took to kind of going from being a a guy who freshman year was moderately a contributor, sophomore year was a little bit more. And then by the time it was his junior and senior season, he was the dude on the team. And I wouldn't be surprised to see Benny Williams get in the gym with whether it's Devo or or just the, the rest of the coaching staff and have some sort of explosion because we have seen developmental pieces as of late at Syracuse. Yeah, it was interesting. I brought this up before, but when Brad Brownell was talking to Matt Park before the Clemson game this year in his pregame interview, he said something to the effect of, I don't think Syracuse and their coaching staff get enough credit for how much they develop guys and pointed to Jesse Edwards this year in particular. Other examples, I would say, maybe in a little bit further away from like the Quincy Garrier uh, freshman to sophomore leap, Looking back through some of the Syracuse stats in recent memory-ish, Chris Joseph went from three points per game to 11 points per game, freshman to sophomore year. Dion Waiters is another one that people bring up. He played 16 minutes in his freshman year, averaged six points per game, jumped to 24 minutes and 13 points per game, sophomore year. I think one that kind of fits the Benny mold a little bit, Jeremy Grant, because looking back through his freshman year stats – big athlete that probably wasn't a great shooter initially, 
obviously he's really developed into a great NBA player now, but his freshman year stats, 14.3 minutes per game, four points per game. He jumped to 12 points per game, 32 minutes per game. And guys just get better at shooting as it goes along, even good shooters. So the point you brought up about shooting, growing, like Trevor Cooney, his freshman year at Syracuse shot at 26% from three. He went up to 38% as a sophomore. Demetrius Nichols. Now these are like, they have the shooting form down. Yeah. Like I I wouldn't say like, I I never expected Benny to come in here and be a 37, 38%. I, I always expected him to be more in the neighborhood of a 34, 35. Right. But even 34, 35 is pretty far off from where he's at right now. Yeah, absolutely. I think we expected him to be a better shooter. And that was the really alarming thing to me is right out of the gate. Everything that we were told and everything that I was expecting kind of fit the bill in terms of athleticism, vision, playmaking. He might be a little bit away, but you can see it's there. And the part that concerned me was I just thought he was going to be a factor in the mid-range and going to be a factor off the dribble shooting because that was so much of what he did at the high school level. But I'm guessing the coaching staff said, your shot's all right, but it's never going to be good unless we fix it right now. Like it, it may have worked in high school, but it's just not good enough. And it's too flat at this level. So they went into sort of a shooting overhaul. And I think it will pay off in the long run. And that's where this offseason is so valuable. And fixing shooting form is not something you can do in season. It's yeah. just not. Because then you lean back on old habits. It's, do you trust yourself? That's why, remember the the Frank Anselm free throws that he hit against Indiana? They said something after the game. I can't remember if it was Bayheim or if it was Anselm himself about how he tweaked his free throw shooting form. And I was like, that is not easy to step up to the free throw line in double overtime and trust right. your tweaked form. It and then feels Jesse a little was unnatural. doing that later in the season, and Beheim was like, "You can't do that at the line." <laughs> so yeah, kind of funny. Yeah. So it's tough. It's tough to to make those adjustments in season. I don't think they were probably pressed upon Benny too hard um, to make those sort of adjustments. That's an off season thing, and let it happen in the off season. Now, kind of a bummer that he's injured, at least to start it off the the programs and stuff like that, but. I'd imagine he'll be good to go in a month or so and, and resume full basketball activity and and start to work on some of these changes because he's going to be one of the most important pieces for this team. If this team wants to do any sort of damage next year, Benny's going to have to to be a big part of that because the best way to retool and rebuild your team is by looking inward and seeing what tools you have in your toolbox that you think can actually be weapons. And I think Benny is one of those guys. I always likened it this year where when it seemed like Benny was sort of phased out of the rotation, all right, I'm going to treat this sort of like a rookie quarterback in football because by doing that and and kind of setting those not-so-lofty expectations, you just want to see the splash moments where it's like, okay, he's going to take something like that and he is going to, to turn that into something and a model of consistency. And I think it works the other way, too. He he messed that up. All right, he's not going to make that mistake as a sophomore. He messed that up a couple times as a freshman. He's not going to do that as a sophomore. I'd rather him get those mistakes out in a lost season like this one. I'd rather him have a disastrous freshman season like he did this year as opposed to him doing that next year and continuing to make some of those mistakes next year. Yeah. All right, we'll try and take a stab at projecting his stats for next season and just dive into if we actually think he's going to make that leap next season. But it is that time of the year where a lot of people have given up on their New Year's resolutions. Not me this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. 
Built Bars are somehow good for you and taste like a candy bar. You should try the Built Bar Puffs. If you haven't already, you're truly missing out. The Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallowy goodness. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They are a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, and they're low-calorie. They're high-protein. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Hey, it's that time of year again as college basketball's tournament is finally upon us. And from all the latest odds, contests, and player props, BetOnline.net is the number one source for all of your sports betting needs and info. It remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And as the tournament continues to chug along, you can get in all of those wagers at BetOnline.net. Did you get anything in yet, Tim? Any sort of future on the tournament that you're eyeing down on BetOnline? I, th- I threw a little on Wisconsin plus 120 to make the Sweet 16. Just it's a home. There's game. some value with this. I mean, they're a three seed and plus money to get to the Sweet 16 basically at home. I, I believe in Wisconsin. I like it. I like it. And hey, it's not just basketball. Bet online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite v- Vegas casino game. So head on over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn about the trends and action. Bet online is where the game starts which i realized that may have rubbed some of our listeners the wrong way because colgate is a local team i'm sure there's a lot of syracuse fans that have Colgate. are you rooting for colgate like if colgate goes and makes a little run here does it take the sting out from earlier this season i think it does no i mean i'm rooting for them because it's just a cool story it's an underdog team and they've come close before to winning that game that would propel them to a different level but also, I think there's got to be a lot of Syracuse fans that are like, man, Colgate scored 100 on us. They looked like world beaters. I think they could beat Wisconsin. <laughs> I bet you, you know how like, they, they give the, the breakdown, the poll of who's picking who? If you took like a central New York region, yeah, right. of, or not even central New York, just a Syracuse fan region, I bet you 95% of fans are picking Colgate. Yeah, and I was close to doing it, but then again, I just made the case for Wisconsin. So I, I think I'm Johnny Davis is just a little bit too good for Colgate this year, but hopefully I'm wrong. I, I'm rooting for Colgate deep down. Getting back to Benny Williams. So one positive, one negative, I think, in terms of can he make the leap next year? I touched on this a little bit earlier, but the numbers weren't great. The playing time wasn't a whole lot. One number that's concerning to me, offensive rating on Ken Palm, we discuss it a lot. Hundreds average. 74.8 this year. That's, I think, one of the lowest that a Syracuse quote-unquote rotation player has had in a really long time. And when you compare his rating to other guys that made that leap, Michael Carter-Williams was a 112. Now, it's a small sample size for both of them, and it's just one metric. So I'm just throwing it out there as one thing that there were guys that made the leap that it made a little bit more sense because they were efficient in those minutes. Benny had some turnover issues and he just wasn't very efficient with his shooting when he was out there. But I think that all gets back to, well, maybe if he just has a longer leash, maybe if he's clearly the starter next year, he can be better. The one positive and the reason why I do think he will make at least some sort of a leap next year, everything you hear about his character and his work ethic it just feels like this guy doesn't end up 
just having a bad college career because right. or just not making it because yeah. he seems to be in the gym each and every night doing all the things and Bayheim has never wavered. He seems to speak so highly about him off the court. And there are guys in the past that Bayheim has just not played because you can tell deep down it's the off the court stuff and it's the work ethic stuff that bothers him. That's not the case with Benny. So I feel like if he has a good work ethic, if he's got the athleticism and the talent, at some point he's going to get there. And it might not be to the tippy-tippy top like we once thought, but he's going to make some sort of leap based on the work ethic. I think that's a, the perfect way to put it there. And, and yes, the work ethic, the character, that has all been five-star. The play on the court hasn't so far, but can it get there? I think absolutely. I'm, I'm certainly not shutting the door on a guy like Benny Williams after just his freshman season. I also think it's important too for us as we do this to define what the leap is. Like what is a reasonable yeah. expectation for a leap? Because I think there there are unrealistic expectations that maybe we placed upon him. I mean, I think at a certain point we each said that he might be the second leading scorer on this team in the in the preseason. He's in the conversation. Yeah. He's certainly in the conversation for it. So in terms of a leap that he would take for next season. Like, are you expecting it to be the Johnny Davis, Keegan Murray, Jaden Ivey sort of leap? Or are you expecting him to maybe not be that leap, but can he be the best player on Syracuse next year? Can he be a great Robin to whoever's going to be the Batman next season? Is that a good thing if he's playing Robin instead of Batman next season? I don't think he can get to all ACC level or anything like that. To me, a good thing for him would be double digits scoring and not that the counting statistics mean everything but if he gets to the point where he's averaging 10 points or more next season that's solid and I'm not overly confident that he does get to that point I think a lot of fans would say yes and as I laid out there are plenty of players that have made the jump from two points per game to 13-14 at Syracuse and beyond I think it's it's probably a little bit unrealistic in my opinion to expect him in the neighborhood of 15, 16 points per game next year though. Could it happen? Yes, but I would say a leap. And what I'm expecting is he's probably 10 points per game next year. I think it depends on some of the pieces that are brought in, but yeah, I do think he can be the best player on this team. He certainly possesses the most talent out of anyone on the roster. In my opinion, at least from a raw talent aspect here, and I think with his athleticism, it's going to keep him on the floor a lot more next season. I also look at just the work ethic and what he's sort of built up to be. I see it clicking next. Like I saw enough flash moments this year where, okay, he just needs to finish at the rim a little bit more. We've seen Syracuse develop guys that can finish at the rim a little bit more. He needs to touch up his jump shot a little bit. We've seen Syracuse touch up guys jumpers in the past. So I, I think he's going to average closer to 15 points than 10. I, I really do. Okay. I just think the opportunity is going to be there. I think the pressure of being a freshman and also let's not forget, like it kind of, even though he was in a, a class of four newcomers, right? He kind of felt like he was on an Island because a, all the other three guys had already played college basketball before B two of those guys had already essentially been part of the Syracuse family, Jimmy Bayheim is literal family to this yeah. entire program. And right. Samir Torrance grew up in Syracuse. He's played with the Albany city rocks with these guys for a long time. Like they knew who Samir Torrance was. And then Cole Swider, they had been in on him earlier in the past. He'd visited campus before he made that second decision to come to Syracuse. So 
all of that was sort of familial. Meanwhile, Benny Williams was kind of left on his own, it felt like. And I'm not saying that guys didn't take him under his wing during sure. the course of this, but that's tough. That's really tough for a freshman to maybe feel a little alienated, not have anyone else in his class to lean on and go through the struggles of a freshman season. And I wonder, even if it was a guy who didn't play, like let's just say Syracuse brought in a second guy to last year's class, I wonder if that would have just boosted Benny's mindset throughout, just have someone who he could lean on during that entire process there. Because you hear all the time about these guys who come into college and then, like, I think back to Tyus Battle, right? Him and Matthew Moore roomed together. They were freshmen on the team. Like, I feel like you usually room with a freshman when you're a freshman, right? Mm -hmm. And he just didn't have that. And I'm wondering if he had something of the sort. That's why I don't love the one-person classes that – can be brought in and this isn't just a Syracuse thing. This is anywhere. I like when they, when a, a freshman, especially a highly touted one has someone that they can lean on to just through the freshman experience. Yeah. But didn't we say in the preseason, this is the perfect situation for him because he has experienced guys and he doesn't have to be rushed to play good, which I guess he doesn't have to be rushed, conference. but I think from a, a mental standpoint, just having that sort of buddy to, to, go through the trials and tribulations of it all. And again, he didn't have to be rushed into it. And it obviously ended up hurting him because he I don't didn't think have it was to be situation. I like, I see what you're saying, but we also laid out this situation is good for him in the preseason. So it's tough for me to totally walk that back because, you know, like Jimmy and well, buddy part of it too is helps him. Jimmy overachieved this year at least from my initial expectations of what Jimmy could have been for this team, Jimmy overachieved. I think there's no doubt about that. He was one of the better scorers on this team. And you saw that play out towards the end of the season. And that kind of didn't carve the way for minutes to be taken per se. So I think all of that sort of worked against Benny. And I think just having someone, and when I say like he didn't have to be rushed into playing, what I mean by that from, from the preseason standpoint, he didn't have to be rushed into playing because there were, Again, freshmen aren't always going to light the world on fire from the get-go, but I look at Benny as a guy who he probably needed some of that because he's not, a, it, at least from what we could interpret from afar, he didn't seem like the most outgoing of people. He seemed very introverted, sort of reserved. And I think him have, maybe having one other person to sort of lean on during some of these tougher times when he wasn't getting a lot of playing time and, and stuff of that yeah. nature, I think that would have been beneficial for him. My guess is Demetrius Nichols was a guy that I think probably helped him a lot just because seeing yeah. his career arc and he wasn't a freshman to sophomore elite, but I touched on his numbers a little bit earlier. Once Akeem Warwick left, he really blossomed and he's a guy that stuck it out and saw the rewards of the Syracuse program. And that's why he's back at Syracuse still, because he feels like he probably, you know, owes them some of it as well is maybe his logic and part of yeah, why pay it forward. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think or pay it back, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's going to happen to an extent also just because Syracuse has so much resting on the fact that this does happen. Like if you are red Autry, yeah. if you're any one of that coaching staff, but red specifically, because I think he works with him individually, that is like your number one priority this year on top of recruiting yep. maybe, but you're just trying to get Benny Williams to be good. So they're going to go into the non-con and they're going to play him and play him and play him and say, and it's not going to be know, as tough of a non-con this year, Yeah, I hope which so. will be a good I mean, thing for him. We, it, you would think it, it won't be as tough. Yeah. I think 
he should just based on having more of a leash early on and just having a full off season to grow should be in a much better situation that and the work ethic make me think that he's going to blossom next year. I don't know if I saw as many flash moments as you this year. There was the Duke game, which makes me feel a lot better. If he didn't have the Duke game, I think he wouldn't really have any sort of games to point to. And look like there is a chance that it doesn't work out with him. I mean, there are guys, Jalen Carey, I think of recently that he had a couple flash moments. He had the Yukon MSG stuff and, there were a lot of buyers in Jalen Carey going into a sophomore year. And then that Colgate game happened and he had a couple turnovers and he was riding the doghouse. So it happens. Some guys just aren't that good and it doesn't work out. I think Benny's work ethic and the fact that Syracuse really needs him next year makes it so that that won't happen though. Yeah. The needs too high with, with a guy like Benny Williams. And I don't know if there's anything really behind him that's going to challenge him. Like you could have two starting forward spots up for grabs this coming season. So I think Benny's the natural fit, and then we'll see, is it a transfer? Is it a freshman that steps up to take that extra spot? But I think Benny is certainly firmly one of those starting forwards for next season. I don't think there's much of a doubt in my mind. Yeah. All right, well, that is going to conclude our Benny Williams exit interview. Next up is Jesse Edwards on our Friday episode. We will dive into him. Feels like we haven't talked a lot about Jesse recently because of the injury, but he's another guy that... How much of a leap he takes next year is going to completely change the discussion of Syracuse and is a key X factor for next season. So we'll discuss Jesse. Subscribe to the show if you haven't already. Check us out on YouTube if you haven't already. And we'll talk to you guys on Friday.